Hey everyone, this is Siobhan. Thanks for tuning in. I have a special guest with me today, and he's going to introduce himself. Go ahead, Adam. Hello, Hello, everyone. My name is Adam Butler. Um, For those of you who follow the New England Patriots, I have been been with the New England Patriots for uh, this. I'm going into my fourth year right now. Um, I've appeared in two Super Bowls. Appeared in Super Bowl 52 and Super Bowl 53. Unfortunately, we lost Super Bowl 52 to the Eagles, but we won Super Bowl 53 um, against the Rams. And so I'm, I'm happy that I got me a Super Bowl before I retired as a football player. But um, as of right now, um, that's something that uh, I'm very known for. I'm from Dallas, Texas. I was born and raised there. Um, and eventually, I uh, got a football scholarship to Vanderbilt University, which I just want to add is, um, if I'm not mistaken, the number 13th overall academic institution in the world. I'm not bragging. I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, I'm very proud of that uh, for myself, uh, especially being um, a minority um in this country, uh, I, I take pride in, you know, academics and my academic achievements. And I think uh, more people, more black people especially, should take uh, more pride in that. And to be honest, I think that um, we're starting to take more pride in it. And I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm seeing more black people take pride in finishing school, you know, and, uh, you know, getting their education. So, that's me. So, you think that we're on the rise up in our culture? I, I do, from an academic standpoint. Yes, I do. Um, it it kind of concerns me a little bit, though, because it feels like we take two steps forward and then we take one step back. And then we take two steps forward and then we take one step back, you know? Uh, and it's like it's taking us longer to get to where we need to be. And if we keep taking one step back every time then everyone else is going to pull away from us because they're not taking any steps back nice I like that so do you think you know in our previous conversation that you and I had do you think that's because us black people we don't stick together do you think that has a play in any of that or do you think that it's each person or what do you think that it is uh, do you want to jog my memory real quick about that conversation? Um, so that conversation was based off, um, I had asked the question of, do you think that being broke is an option? Right, 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 right. Um, and you, and now you're asking me what again? So do you think that it's because black people, like every other culture, we don't stick together, you know, like every, every culture you see, Besides black people, they stick together like glue. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, um, I'm i kind of torn between it. Um, but I, I think that that does have something to do with it. Uh, but I, but I, don't, I don't place the entire blame on black people as a whole. We do share some responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in, how can I say it? When, you, when your back's up against the wall, you know, and it's one thing if it backs, backs up against the wall and it's just you. You know, if it's just you and your back's up against the wall 
and you have nothing else to worry about, then it's a little easier for you to make a decision. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you, but if you've got kids and you've got a wife, you know, sometimes like in some situations, uh, I know a couple of people that, you know, their sister died and now they're taking on their sister's kids. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. not necessarily, you know, that they have kids of their own. You know, but that's just how the situation played out. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm a father now, so I know that I would do anything I had to do to take care of my kids. So where am I going with this? No, that's me, awesome. Me, I... Right. Me, me, and, me and you both know that there is a strategic plot against black people. Uh, especially when it, when it comes to moving up in society and when it comes to getting jobs and being able to provide for your family. You know, like black people are the least likely to get any type of loan, especially a business loan. We're the least likely, even if we do have good credit. Um, mm. Black men especially are the, the last hired and the first fired. Wow. Um, that was deep. I mean, but it's the truth, though. Yeah, it's it the is. truth. You know what I mean? And and just think about it. If I, I don't, I do not support selling or using drugs of any sort. Uh, it's very, to me, it's very unfortunate um, that that's even something that actually even exists in this world. But but how it started, I'm, it was placed in our communities. If you go back to, you know. Um, it, uh, you know just even a couple of generations ago that uh, it was placed in our community and it was placed there on purpose for people I mean, to yeah, get addicted even, yeah 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 i'm sorry you could finish <laughs> oh okay even but i mean you don't even have to know all of that to figure that out yeah black people came into this country with literally chains and some of us might have had clothes on a lot of us came into this country in chains and we were butt naked we did not come up with cocaine, drugs, you know, and stuff like that. We didn't come up with that. Like you just said, that was placed in our, in, you know, in our neighborhoods purposely, strategically, right? Yeah. And like I said, when, it, when you have, like I said, I'm a father. So regardless of what I have to do, whether it's sell drugs, sell fruit, you know, whatever I have to do to feed my child, that's what I have to do. <laughs> Uh, you know, and it's hustle. not necessarily, and it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with me sticking, you know, sticking with other black people, you know, or being against other black people. It's just something that I have to do. You know, if it's, if it's not beneficial for you, for me to do that, then find me another alternative so that I can feed my child, you know, but until you find me another alternative, I got to do what I got to do to feed my baby and I think that because we are strategically um, deprived of opportunity like that it puts us in situations where some of us are forced to turn on each other you mm. know when some of us are forced to quote unquote stab each other in the back which is not good that's not good at all but I'm just saying that the entire blame is not on black people for that yeah I get what you mean so how do you think that um, you got into the position that you are in right now? How did you get there? You mean to the NFL? Yes. Um, okay, well, uh, first of all, I will say that I, I did not... Um, I am not 
uh, uh, an NFL player that comes from a poor background like you hear a lot of NFL players come from. I had a great support system. I, I came from a village of people, and my family is still very close. Mm. Um, but, but don't get that misunderstood, though, because just because you don't come from a poor background doesn't mean that you don't have challenges. Yeah. You know, I definitely had my fair share of challenges. Um, one of the things that I struggle with uh, coming up was the, the Texas had a state standard test called the tax test. Uh, the test, Texas, yeah, the Texas assessment of knowledge and skills. It's called the tax test, right? Um, and I failed that. I don't know how many times I failed that, you know, and I would always have to go to summer school until I passed it. Sometimes it would take me three and four times just to pass it, you know? And there's a saying, you know, no pass, no play, and things like that. But, um, so I definitely had my challenges, you know? Um, when I was in the seventh grade, so this is middle school, um, I actually had A's and B's except for one class, and that was Spanish. I could not pass Spanish to save my life. So, even though I wanted to play football, I couldn't because I couldn't pass that one class. Like, all the rest of my classes were good, but if you're not passing all of your classes, you can't play. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, I pretty much struggled with that, you know, until I passed it. As much as I loved football, as much as I wanted to, you know, become an NFL player one day, it just, that was just one of the obstacles, you know, that I had. So, um, how'd you overcome that? Uh, I overcame it by um, by transforming my mind and the way that I the way that I thought. Um, I love that. I'm, I'm, uh, okay, I'm not. Um, you know, I, I want to be politically correct. <laughs> I'm not imposing my faith on anybody else. Yeah. But uh, in the Bible, um, Romans twelve, verse two says do not conform to the norms of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind mm. I, I am a very strong believer in that because I think a lot of us have probably figured out by now that it's a lot easier to change ourselves than it is to change other people Facts. or to change something that doesn't have to do with us you know what I mean mm-hmm. Like, it's a lot easier to change our process than it is to change the school system's process or it is to change the way that America is governed we're just a piece of the equation I'm sorry we're just a piece of the equation yeah we're just a piece of the equation but the the easiest thing that you can do is you know restructure the way that you think so I had to change my attitude about school I had to change my attitude um you know, about working out, about going to football practice, you know, like there's plenty of people that, you know, they dread football practice, they dread school and they just have a bad attitude going into school. And that's what holds a lot of people back. But I chose to always keep my head up high and I chose to do things that other people weren't willing to do. And to be honest, what I just said, me doing things that other people aren't willing to do, that is the bread and butter of how I got to the NFL. 
But that's key, I think, to life. Like, that's like life one-on-one basics. <laughs> that's important. Like, that, right. that, was, that was good. That was great. But I mean, but it's the truth, though. Like, when I was in college, like, when you think about someone in college, you know, you think, or like someone going to college, you think, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to party, I'm going to have a great time. Like, college is supposed to be fun, exciting. You know, you're supposed to drink, go to parties, you know, go to bars, go to clubs, you know, and just have fun all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Well, while my friends was doing that, I was outside working on my football stuff. You know, at, at, at midnight, they was out partying and drinking, and I was on the field by myself. I, I invited my roommate a couple of times, but he was all, he was so in his academics, you know, which I don't blame him, especially at an institution like Vanderbilt. It's very hard. Yeah, yeah. You know, especially, it depends on what you're in, too, you know, which, I mean, I didn't blame him, but I invited him a couple of times to come out with me, you know, and, of course, he had to, you know, take care of business, which, like I said, is not bad, but. At 12 a.m., while all the rest of my teammates was partying, I was I was out there grinding, trying to you know, trying to get work. better because I knew what I wanted for myself. That's awesome. Dedication, seriously. Yeah. So, if you would have never become a football player, what do you what route do you think that you would have taken? Uh, well, I mean, I had a couple of choices. Um, one that I definitely know that I would have tried to pursue was uh, being an athletic director. Oh, that's I awesome. definitely, I definitely would have loved to do something like that because sports is my background. Uh, I know that, you know, I'm a good people person. I know how to talk. Um, you know, I know how to um, assess the situation and make the best decision based on that situation. Um, you know, and I'm just, I, I just feel like I can do it. You know, that's something that would. Uh, fit me very well and had had I become an athletic director or possibly a superintendent that's another thing that I kind of thought about one of the things that I would definitely implement for each sport it, it doesn't matter girls volleyball um, girls basketball men's basketball men's baseball whatever you want women's golf whatever you want one of the things that I would have done my best to implement was a player de- pl- no character development program mm. so what and is that exactly so so basically I would have um, tried to put together something to where someone comes and speaks to um, our young people you know about the importance of having good character and making the right decisions uh, about the the importance of uh, sacrifice, you know, so uh, or or the importance of sacrifice and just being yourself, you know, because I, I feel like a lot of young people nowadays just get caught up in what everybody else is doing, and nobody's really themselves anymore, mm. you know. And I mean, there's so many books that could have been written, so many movies that could have been wrote. You know, so many ideas that just never surface because people don't just be themselves, you know? That's awesome. I'm actually, you know, tapping my fingers because I'm in the works of doing something like that. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, so what do you think? um, 
what do you think about like uh your surroundings with people do you know when someone is like taking advantage of you do you think that like your money has a big part in that um i um i don't I don't really look for it, you know. I just kind of be patient, you know, because whatever it is will reveal itself. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, people do always come and ask me for money, you know, and ask me for different things. Um, But I think the key for me is just being patient, you know, because whatever needs to come to the light, it'll come to the light. You know, like if you, you haven't talked to somebody in so long and... Out of nowhere, they trying to creep and get closer and closer and closer to you. <laughs> Back. You know, out of nowhere, like, I think, and, and even if they just do the best they can to try to make it seem like they're just trying to be cool with you, eventually they're going to pop the question and ask for, you know, whatever, and you, you'll find out what it's really about. So, actually, that is one of my questions. Do you think that you're obligated, say that it's like a family member, do you think that you're obligated to actually do for someone that is, um, you know, struggling or less fortunate? You know, um, maybe they're like a distant cousin. Like, what? how do you go with dealing with the situation like that? Okay, so uh, if you're a distant cousin and you haven't had any uh, impact in my life or you haven't... Um, you know, help me get to where I am now, you, you might as well not even ask. Mm. I'm just going to be real. You might as well not even ask. Yeah, yeah. But I do feel some sort of an obligation to, um, you know, help a close family who's been in my life, you know, who's made me happy, who's invested in me, you know, who looked after me. But I think there's um, there's a limit. yeah. You know, what I is that limit? You. I can help you here and there. And then, to be honest, like, if I got a big contract, right, like, if I got a big deal crossing my fingers, um, I would I would give some of my close family money, but I would give it in a way that I know would allow them to be self-sufficient. I love that. That was my next question. I didn't even have to ask it. <laughs> yeah, no, I would definitely give it in a way that, you know, they can be successful. They can be, um, um, let me see, like, like I would want to see a business plan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or I would, I would want to know what their goals are for themselves. You know, what, where do they want to go? What do they need? You know, if, because not every one of my family members would probably want to start a business. Mm. You know, I would, like, for example, like, I have um, a cousin who is on the brink of becoming a registered nurse. Well, she might need, you know, a couple thousand dollars to go two more years so that she could become a facility administrator or a nurse practitioner, mm-hmm. you know, or something of that nature. You know what I mean? And then I would... That's like that's like an investment, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's an investment that I'm not necessarily looking for a return. They're going to get the return, and they're going to become self-sufficient from that. That's awesome. You know? Like, I, I don't think that it's very wise to, you know, buy this person a car, that person a car, buy, you know, my mom, my aunts, you know, and my grandparents all new homes. You know, that just, you know, because you got to think about it. Like, with those homes, like, if you can't, if you already can't 
you know, take care of the, the home that you're in now and I put you in a half a million dollar home, you're going you're gonna to be out of there, you know, unless mm-hmm. I continue to help you. Exactly. So they have you know to be I mean? willing to help themselves, basically. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And they have to have a plan. Mm-hmm. You know, if they don't have a plan. It's a no-go for you. Yeah. Well, maybe not even still. Maybe I'll just say, you know what? If you just want money, okay, I'm gonna give you less than what I would give you if you had a plan. Hmm. Are you the first millionaire in your family? That's a good question. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know, and I say I don't know because I don't know how much money my parents have to their name. I know that. Um. They've seen over a million, you know, over a million dollars being together, you know, because, mm-hmm. I mean, my mom, she was actually a, a nursing facility administrator, which is like a, it's called a, a NFA. So she's like an FA at a dialysis clinic. And I know she made a crap ton of money. Um, she made well over six figures, almost probably 200 thousand a year. Mm. I'm sure just doing that. Because she managed like 20 clinics at one time and then it got unhealthy for her so she kind of pulled back, you know what I mean? But yep. she did that for some time, you know, for a while. So, I mean, I'm not exactly sure if my parents are. Yeah. My dad's retired from the military, you know, but I will say I'm, I'm the, the first person in my family to make it to the NFL and make so much money at, <laughs> at one time, you know? Even though I'm one of the least paid I'm actually the least paid defensive tackle in the NFL that actually plays right now. But that's going to change. That's going to change, right? Right. Manifesting that. Manifesting, (laughs) speak it into existence. Yes. So with that being said, do you think that your money is a blessing, a curse, or do you think that it has a little bit of both? Um, I, I think it's a little bit of both, you know, but to whom much is given, much is required, mm. you know? I, I don't believe that God would ever give somebody, unless he's trying to make an example out of somebody, because God does work in mysterious ways. And sometimes he gives the people stuff to people that don't deserve it, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that um, it's definitely a little bit of both. But I think um, if you use it the right way, it, it's more of a blessing than it is a curse. So what uh, what do you think uh, this is going to be like, you know, a totally different way now? Um, what makes a what would make the perfect spouse for you or or for someone like so a wife is, you know, quote unquote, perfect and a husband, quote unquote, like what do they have to bring to the table? I would say it depends on what you do, you know what I mean? Because um, the type of woman I would need personally right now, I know it's going to be different than what I would need after I retire. Mm. Because my needs are different yeah. right now. No, that's you know? deep, seriously. Yeah, my needs are different right now. And to be honest, I, I don't want to make anybody mad, but this is the truth. This is why This is part of the reason why a lot of black athletes date Caucasian women because Caucasian women are easy going for the most part. I mean, not all of them, but I'm just speaking. From, no, that's your perspective. Uh, Keep going with that. No, I'm also speaking on what I've been told by other black athletes. So, mm. 
this is not just from my opinion or from my hunch. This is what I've been told by other athletes. You know, they don't, you know, they don't really argue that much. You know, they, <laughs> no, that's no, you know that's a that's a big thing, seriously. And I'm actually gonna have someone speak on that on one of my shows because we do have we do have a reputation of that because we have a strong you know personality. Actually, I touched based on this in my very first podcast of how we have that very strong you know um, I don't just persona just in general. But that's because that's what we were built on. We were built on independence. We were built on being strong. So that's how it comes off and is perceived to someone else. But that's not a bad thing because we always, at the end of the day, we'll have you back and we'll never, ever turn on you. Okay, I won't say never because, I mean, right now, I'm kind of dealing with... um, Situation? Yeah, yeah, situation, and uh, she is not Caucasian. Mm. So, uh, but anyway, that's a topic for another time. (laughs) Uh, But I, but you just had to go there, didn't you? Just had to go. I'm sorry. I just had to go out there. No, no, that's a big big question that a lot of people have, though, is why, though. Yeah. And in, in short summary, I think it's because. From a majority standpoint, like I said, there's always the exception of the rule. Not all black women are, are argumentative. Not all Caucasian women are, you know, easygoing and submissive. Mm-hmm. Okay? I'm just speaking from what I've been told and from a majority standpoint. That's so, the reason because they're submissive and they're compatible with this lifestyle. Mm. So, you know? do you think that kind of makes someone... You know, this is just your perspective. Do you think that makes someone a sellout by doing that because they're just coasting until they get to a point where they no longer want to sit there and do that? Uh, you might have to be a little bit more specific. So, if you're going to... So, how it's coming off to me is you would be in a relationship with a white woman until you're ready to just settle down and it's a you know you're done with this lifestyle of what traveling and what 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 is it the lifestyle exactly that you're talking about wait are you asking me directly would i be in a relationship with a caucasian woman no so my my question is would you sit there and would you go off just an opinion of other people instead of actually trying it for yourself no and I haven't done that so to answer your question the answer is no I would not go off the opinion of other people okay so do you think that the people that have said that to you do you think that they are just passing time and they're just doing it just because or do you think that they're actually gonna be in a relationship with these people that they're in relationships with now you know 20 years from now uh, 15 years from now um, even when they're done with their career and they're well, gonna... I think I think some of them, some of them will stay with them, and I think some of them will wind up having a uh, Antonio Brown movement. Mm. I just think that's just kind of how it, you know, how it goes. Some experiences are gonna be good, some experiences is gonna be bad. I I think that's true for you know every race of women, but I uh, that's how I see it going. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think that uh, that it's more so just a phase thing. I think it's um, 
it's kind of a trend you know how i was talking earlier about how people don't just be themselves you know and just think for themselves mm-hmm. i think that it's uh it's sort of like sometimes people ride the wave i can't speak for everybody but i think sometimes people do ride the wave and get caught up in the wave you know or of what's normal mm. you know i know you you can't necessarily help who you love but i think there are some cases where people are just you know doing what's normal what's you know acceptable because people want to feel accepted i, I get it yeah oh my gosh that is another subject and so who did i just have this conversation with it was someone recently i think last month that no that all right (laughs) i won't even go there um so what do you think that like the perfect husband um would be like what what would so for your from your um your stance you know like what what characteristics do you think that you would bring to a value to someone Okay, I personally would bring value. Okay, well, you kind of asked me two questions a little bit. I know, I know. I would say my my answer for the first question that you asked me would be the same that it, that I that you had, you know, the other way around. Like, what would be a perfect wife for uh, a man? I would say it's the same way around because there are successful women that you know have different needs at different points of their lives. You know, you know, because like if you if you date somebody like Serena Williams, you know she. She might need you to, you know, take care of some stuff while she's um, playing tennis, you know, or while she's training. She might need you to, I don't know, go get groceries. You know, she might need you to be less of a, you know, dominant male and more of a supportive uh, male, uh, you know, male figure or a more of a supportive partner role rather than a dominant role, which I'm sure is pretty hard for a lot of men, you know, because it kind of goes against our nature. Mm. You know, we're dominant creatures. And I mean, everyone knows this. For the most part, we're dominant creatures. Um, you know, there's always the exception of the rule. But to answer your second question, I think um, I'm a big believer in balance. You know, I think it's important to bring a little sum of everything to the table. Uh, I'm very appreciative of my my dad and my granddad um, because they've shown me that you can still be a man and have a sensitive side, you know, show your emotions. Don't be afraid to, you know, speak what's on your mind, you know. Mm. They they encourage, you know, talking it out. You know what I mean? But they they also encourage um, being able to endure. You know, they, they they instilled it in me that pretty much um, that, you know, women and children do what they want to do and also what they have to do. But men at all times need to do what they have to do to keep their family afloat. You know, so if, if there's something that doesn't necessarily make me happy, but it makes my wife happy, that's what I got to do. You know, I think you should have a conversation with my husband. (laughs) No, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, I think he, um, I think, you know, that's instilled in him as well. He has his moments, but I, you know, that's a man thing. But do you think that is part of our culture? So if, so if you didn't have your dad and your grandfather, you know, um, present, do you think you would still have that same outlook? No. Mm. No. 
but that's Asians the way you were don't. raised and it's instilled in you and so that's the reason why you think that's kind of molded you into that portion of without a doubt yeah without a doubt they, they showed me that you don't have to be be aggressive you don't have to be someone who yells you don't have to be abusive you don't have to put your hands on someone you know which i would never do that you know they showed me that you know it's a good thing to be nice you know it's a good thing not to commit adultery you know different things like that question about that do you think that once a cheater is always a cheater oh man oh man oh man oh man <laughs> no i don't think that and um i'm gonna tell you why i honestly think that people go through different phases you know uh especially athletes too uh, and I say that because if you think about it, a lot of athletes. So, like, let me. I don't know. Let me see if I can think of someone. Oh, don't you're gonna uh, name drop? Dang. I'm not gonna. Name, <laughs> I'm not gonna name drop, but I'm just gonna. Okay, think of fine. a situation. I, no, no, fine. <laughs> I'll use myself as an example. Okay. <laughs> I use myself as an example. I was gonna use someone very popular that most people know about, you know, and most people know the situation, but I'll just use myself as an example. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's a safer route. Yeah, that's a safer route. <laughs> so <laughs> okay, so right now in my life, I've been in the NFL, this is my fourth year, right? So hypothetically, let's say I was a cheater, right? Let's say that I was someone who got caught up and, you know, the fame that I have right now, the attention that I have right now, the money that I have right now, right? If if God says the same, I'll have a 10-year-plus career, right? Well, at some point, that's going to stop. Mm-hmm. At some point, I'm not going to be in the spotlight. You know what I mean? I'm not going to... I'm going to be retired and people are going to be talking about me like the cowboys in the 90s oh oh that's my husband's favorite team you, you know went there I mean? <laughs> well i tried out for the cowboys and they denied me oh so, oh great so yeah but no it worked out in my favor i got a super bowl right now exactly i was about to say you redirected those those no's that redirection is for right. a bigger purpose yeah, well, we getting off subjects. So. I know. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, that's my point. So, right now, I might be caught up in that, you know, and I might be caught up in the nightlife, you know, caught up going to clubs, you know, doing this and that, you know, looking for females, you know, chasing females or whatever, you know. But at some point, that's going to change, you know, and at some point, I'll realize that, okay, this is not the life for me anymore. I'm not in my 20s anymore. Mm. You know, but just because I used to have a lot of females doesn't mean that I need to continue to have a lot of females. Mm-hmm. Um, and at some point, I'm going to realize, like, okay, like, it's time to be a husband. It's time to be a family man. And settle down. So yeah. my perspective on that is people cheat for certain reasons. They they cheat and they do stuff because of their own insecurities. It's not really the something of the spouse. It's what it's something within. You agree with that? I, yes, I do. But I think um, a lot um, a lot of cheating that has to do with men is due to the simple fact that men just love 
women. You know, I'm not saying it's in a man's nature to cheat, you know, but if you if you add on top of so okay, so wait, let me back up. Let me back up. Cause I saw this on a TED talk. I'm a factual person. Yep. And I will break everything down from the highest point all the way to the lowest point. Mm-hmm. Right? So I was watching this TED talk, right? And this guy had been married for twenty something years, right? Yep. And him him and his wife were having trouble in the bedroom. Right? So they decided to go to a doctor and ask the doctor if the doctor could help them get back to where they needed to be. And the doctor gave them two choices. The first choice was they could exercise and eat right, and naturally their body will produce the hormones that they need for them to get back on track, right? The other option was they could take hormone ther- therapy pills. And of course, they wanted to go the easy route, so they chose the hormone therapy pills. And what the pills were doing was the pills was boosting their testosterone. Right? And so the, when his wife went to the doctor, his wife found out that she virtually had no testosterone. And she was all estrogen. Well, you know, women consist of mostly estrogen and a little bit of testosterone. Mm-hmm. But the problem was she had none. And then him being a man, he was kind of the inverse. He had very low testosterone for a man, and his estrogen levels were up a little bit, which was causing him to gain more weight. Right? So they go through the the pill therapy, and the way that he explained it, it was like they was 25 again. Like he he couldn't get his wife off of her. So where am I going with this? Yeah, where are you I going think, with this? Right, where am I going with this? <laughs> so the the point the point of that uh, of that story is that the the biggest factor in that story was testosterone. So you like, think that think there's about, there's I a lot of men, factors that go into cheating. It's not just yes, one thing. Yes, yes, it's not just one thing. Mm. All it's right. not just one thing yeah. at all, you know, because like you think about it, like one of the new things that people are doing is, is what is only fans or fans only. Right. Right. That's one of the new things. Right. All right. Uh, I mean, we ha- we kind of have our different perspectives, but shoot, shoot, keep going. Keep going with okay, it. Right. I'm hearing so, you out. I'm hearing you out. Right. But if if testosterone wasn't a factor you know and and men just didn't naturally chase women that wouldn't exist Mm. it it wouldn't exist (laughs) because it wouldn't the only reason it exists because there's a demand for that so do you demand is coming from men it's not the most the majority of people that pay 10 20 dollars a month for only fans are men (laughs) it's not women paying 10 20 dollars a month to see somebody so it's you, man. so uh, attractiveness plays a big factor in that too. Not in, I mean, yeah, but not always. Mm. There's just a bunch of different situations, you know. Like it's not just men that cheat; it's women too. I, I know yeah. women that are cheated because they say they just they just feel like they could do better. Yeah, you know, or they feel like they're getting robbed emotionally like the man is not emotional you know or 
not the same that he used to be, you know, and stuff like that. And, but with you know, that being said, right, do you think that it's smarter to just leave or do you continue that relationship? I think that we that we need to take a look at the society and the culture that we live in now. Okay, I think that relationship dynamics evolve and they change they change with different time periods so if you go back to like the egyptian time period polygamy was a big thing Mm -hmm. but it but it wasn't you know just a man that had a bunch of women you know it was usually a man of high status that had a bunch of women not every man could do that well i also want to add even kings slept with other men too okay So uh, you know, there's 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 but, some more right, to right. it, which is which is what I'm getting at. That's, sexual I mean, I'm thing. glad you said that. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, the, the, the sexual the, thing. The dynamics change over time, you know, and some things that are that were acceptable back then are not acceptable now, and some things that are acceptable now were not acceptable back then. But I think you just kind of have to look at the pool of people that we have now. And you got to figure out, okay, what's the best case scenario based on the society that we live in? One of the things that I think is a huge relationship killer is social media. Mm. I think social media ruins a lot of stuff. Facts. It ruins I agree. a lot of things. Now, I one one of the things that I say all the time, like if you want your relationship to last, both people in the relationship have to keep their focus because so, social media allows people to get distracted because like I'll take this for example like if you like let's say I had a girlfriend right and we're happy you know everything's going great you know we're happy we all love over each other we having a great time all the above right but then she realizes okay we've been together for six eight years and we haven't traveled anywhere but she realizes that through social media because she sees her friend oh my god her friend just went to Paris (laughs) and then they just went to Santorini and then they just went to Turks and Caicos you know what I mean and now she's not necessarily developed anger but some sort of no it's anger it's anger I can admit I can admit I do that to my husband sometimes we don't sit there and do this (laughs) see see I know I'm not making it up no I, I agree with you on that. It up, but yeah. I'm saying, like, you wasn't even thinking about it. You was good. You and your <laughs> husband was doing fine. But the moment you saw your friend in Turks and Caicos, so they flying first class drinking martinis. <laughs> and now you looking like, well, why are we not doing this? Yeah, yeah. Why? Like, do I not deserve this? Yeah. That's you know, true. and you start comparing what you got versus what this other person got. And you're like, wow, like, why can't I get that? So now you distracted. You know, and it messes everything up. I think social media is that's a big relationship killer. It is, but communication is key because at the end of that argument, you should have a compromise on at least something. You don't agree? <laughs> uh, you know what? I, listen, I do. I, I do agree. I definitely agree. Um, but I guess in my own experiences, me being fully transparent with... Um, women usually backfires on me <laughs> you know being brutally honest usually black backfires so, so i don't know it's kind of like it's kind of like you danged if you do it and you danged if you don't but i think it's still important to be able to communicate because 
because if you can communicate, you you give yourself a chance to fix it. Yeah. You know. Yep. That's true. Very true. Wise yeah. words. So, uh, what do you think the best advice you that anyone has ever given you has been? Uh, to just be myself. Who told I you that? Who who kind of best advice? That was kind of a thing that I learned from just a lot of different things. That was one of the things I learned from my experience going to Vanderbilt. Mm. You know, that that's what my experience taught me. That was one of the things that my parents taught me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of my friends taught me. You know, and then it's something that I sort of taught myself. You know, me trying to act and be like somebody else. And I figured out, you know what? Like, that doesn't really make me happy. You know, mm. I don't really... You know, I'm not really feeling myself right now because I'm trying to, you know, keep up with everybody else and do what everybody else is doing. And I'm not doing what I want to do, you know? Yep. And that's kind of had a little drawback, too, because now that I want to just be myself, now I kind of hate to be told what to do. Mm. Because I feel like I'm being somebody else rather than not myself, you know, because you got, like, being in this position, I got all these different people telling me, oh, invest, you know, do this, buy real estate, do that, you know, and, I mean, I kind of get defensive, though, you know, and I start saying stuff like, well, what real estate property have you ever owned, or what business have you ever owned, what have you invested in, you know, because I just hate being told what to do like that. Yeah. Because I want to just be myself, though, you know? Do you think that, uh, you think you have more growing to do? Or do you think that you kind of think you're at the peak of learning most of the stuff that you need to learn about life? Uh, you never stop growing. Right. Okay, <laughs> good, good. <laughs> you don't. You never stop growing. You never too old to learn a new trick. My, those are my words. I probably preach those every single day in my life. You, you always growing. You're never going to be perfect. I think that's another thing, too, that maybe we got to think about, you know, with this relationship and dating things. Like, nobody's ever going to be perfect, you know? So Facts. I think when it comes to choosing somebody you want to be with or somebody that you spend the rest of your life with, I think you just got to figure out what you can put up with and what you can't. You know what I mean? You got to figure out, like, okay, well, like 80% of the dudes out here are cheating. You know, can I put up with that? Can I put up with that if he, if he's a great, uh, if he's a great father? Can I put up with that if he can provide for his family? You know, can I put up with that if he, you know, he's nice to my folks, he's nice to me, he doesn't put his hands on me, like what, you know? And then maybe, maybe he's not a cheater, right? Maybe he's not a cheater. Maybe he provides for his family. He's a great father, you know, but maybe he's pushy. He's aggressive. You know, maybe he calls you out of your name every now and then. You know what I mean? Like, there's a bunch of different (laughs) scenarios. Nobody's perfect, but what can you put up with? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, so, I know that I have a conversation with my husband every so often because my take on it is as we grow, we become different people. And are we willing to stick around when when we become someone else? So, what I mean by that is when we become wiser, we stop doing certain stuff. We start taking on and doing different things. 
I don't know. That was just made me think of that. Um, so what do you think the best advice you can give to someone else? The best advice I can give to somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say um, until you get to where you want to be, sacrifice. Mm. Like in all honesty, you know, if you if you want to own a business, save your tax return this year. Facts. Oh my gosh, until I've been you, talking until about you this get to forever. Where you, be, you know, if you. Invest in something, right? Like, whatever you've been doing, just don't do it no more. Sacrifice it. If you want to go out to the club, say, no, I'm going to stay in. I don't even have to look up nothing. I'm going to stay in. I'm just going to sacrifice this. I'm not going to get caught up in that. And I'm going to put my energy towards something else. You know, I'm going to put my energy towards what I want to do. If you want to lose weight, sacrifice the late night eating. Yeah, you know, true. yep. Like it's it's up to you. It, you know, like you can't you can't elevate if you don't sacrifice. I totally agree. I do. I totally agree with that. That was probably the best thing. <laughs> we we have our differences, of course. We have our differences. You see life a different way, but you know. Um, but that's what it's all about, right? If we all sit there and agreed on the same stuff, life would be boring. But that's true. what do you think the best advice for, you know, like an upcoming um, football star would be? Like, you know, if they're at like their senior year or even even before that, like what is the best advice they can give to, to someone? Senior year of what? College? Uh, of um, high school, going into college, how to pick college, like... What, what would be the best advice, route, anything? Um, do, do your own research. That's my best advice right there. Do your own research. That's, that's kind of what I kind of got, um, what I kind of learned after being involved, you know, in the NFL and college and everything is, you know, do your own research. When I was coming into the NFL, I thought that I needed an agent. I thought I had to have an agent. You know, like it was just ultimately important, you know, and it is important because you do need somebody that's watching your back and making sure that, you know, the NFL or college isn't, you know, trying to take advantage of you. You know, it's good. But at the same time, you know, you don't have to have you don't necessarily have to have an agent. You don't have to have a financial advisor coming into the NFL. Now, I would recommend if you are a first round maybe even a second round draft pick and they're giving you millions of dollars at one time yeah you probably should and I say that because managing millions of dollars versus managing a couple hundred thousand is two totally different ball games mm. you're, you're taxed differently you know you're uh, how can I say when you invest you have different rates based on the amount of money that you invest you know, so I think that ha- getting somebody with experience um, with dealing with stuff like that is very important. And do n- never give anybody control of your money. You control your money. They can give you advice all day. They can tell you what to do all day. Do not let anybody else move your money. You move your money. If they tell you this is a good idea, you do it yourself. And you do your own research and find out if it's a good move or not. But never give anybody else control of your money. That's deep. Yeah. 
So you've learned a lot, I'm guessing. You've learned a lot. You said well, that you said that last part with a whole bunch of passion. <laughs> yeah, because no, because it's it's just it's so crazy how many athletes get messed over. Yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, like it's crazy to me how you know Terrell Owens is one of the people that you know always gets brought up when people talk about athletes going broke. But the reality is, is he got tricked. He didn't go broke just by making dumb decisions. He got tricked. And one of the thing that, things that annoys me so bad when it comes to people talking about athletes going broke is them talking about athletes buying jewelry or maybe even buying an expensive car. If you've got $40 million to your name and you buy half a million dollars worth of jewelry, how is that the reason you went broke? Somebody please tell me. Do you think that you could have used it wise? You could have, but listen, if you have $40 million to your name and you spend half a million on jewelry, Mm -hmm. you have $39.5 million left. How was the jewelry the reason you went broke? How? Somebody please explain that to me. Mm. I think people should be able to do what they want with their money. But my question behind the jewelry, right? Wait, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, but you didn't answer my question. Oh. How? (laughs) All right. I'll answer the question. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Um, uh, I think that it's just the... The, the view of this is you know just just my perspective that it could have been used more wisely on something else but I get what you're saying because you're saying like it's just a uh it's pennies compared to what else I have left right what you have left yeah but my you question you want to know how athletes really go broke how no I'm gonna let you go I'm gonna let you ask your question first and then I'll say that part no no go ahead go Okay, you want to know how athletes really go broke? Mm-hmm. They have four different kids by four different women, and they're paying 20000 a month for each kid to each woman. Mm. That's and deep. then when their career is over and the money stops flowing, they don't, they don't go back to court to get it adjusted. Because think about it. You have to take four different women to court. So you have four different court days. First of all, it's hard to get into court in the first place. I'm going through the process right now. I went to court the first time in October, and the next date that I had a chance to go back to court was in March. Mm. So if you're trying to get your child support adjusted, you've got, what was that? Hold up. November, December, January, February. So you got four months of child support that you have to pay because if you don't pay it, they're going to send you to jail. Yeah. You're going to go to jail. So for four different women, you got to pay four extra months of child support without getting it adjusted. And then just because you go back to court doesn't mean that the court is going to adjust it. Yeah, yeah. So if you're paying $200,000 a year to four different women for the next 18 years, what do you mean? The jury is not how you went broke. And I mean, then, I, ha- I have this, my If you bought your up. mother a house, uh, if you bought your mother a $700,000 house, you bought yourself a one or $2 million house, you got um, a couple cars worth $100,000, like, come on. 
Yeah, it goes by quick, right? Right, but I'm saying the biggest chunk of money is those huge payments and paying three and four different women $200,000 worth of child support every year. Mm. That is a whole heck of a lot of money. I mean, I think I have my different views on that. Do you think that they kind of force that amount because... Um, like the father isn't present at, and don't 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 take this wrong but just because of the season and then they're present you know when they actually can be or do you think that they're making you guys kind of having to like pay up for the absence during your you know what the, the travel time uh, I mean you know what I can't speak for everybody I'm not an absent father no, no, and that's, that's, I didn't want you to take it like that. I'm saying, so, obviously, you can't be with your daughter at all times when you're on the other side of the country, you know, uh, unless they travel, I don't even know, are they allowed to travel with you? Like, is your whole entire family allowed to travel with you? No, I don't, I yeah. don't think so, no. That, that's what I mean, like, you know, so, you have an obligation to be someplace, and your family, you know, is wherever... Do you think that it's kind of like a punishment towards you guys? That's what I mean when I'm saying the absent part. Not like an absent. I, I like, don't know because I mean, last time, I, I, don't, I don't think that there should be a punishment. I don't think now, so. Either. I, think, I think if you choose to not be involved, yes, there should be a penalty. Yes. Mm, yes. If you don't want any time and you don't want to spend any time with your child, yes, there should be a penalty. If you are an involved father, I don't think there should be a penalty. Yes. Last time I checked, it takes two people to tango. Yes. That but that was my point. Places at once. Yes, but that was my point, what I was trying to take. And I think you took the word absent. That's why I apologize ahead of time because I didn't want you to take it like that. So, well, no, I didn't. Okay. I was okay. leading up to saying that I'm not an absent father. And I don't think that fathers that are involved should have to endure that kind of punishment but I think the ones that do choose to be absent should have to endure that kind of punishment mm, I agree on that I, I think that's my but I don't think that fathers who are active in their child's life should have to do that mm-hmm. you know cause they're being tried like they are an absent father and they're yeah. not yep. I don't think you should have to pay 20000 a month uh, and you're actively in your child's life yeah I totally agree. But I don't know. I don't dictate it, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. None of us do. Yeah. Well, I just want to thank you for your time and for, you know, just answering my questions, giving a different perspective of, you know, um, the success of a black man in love in general. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. This was fun. <laughs> this was fun. <laughs> Very fun.